Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Come. Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one collar-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. It's 5.05. That means it's time for... Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293, family owned and operated since 1980, Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service, ask for Asher. Well, Trey, you're normally on at 4.30 on Monday, are you feeling kind of lonely and locked out of practice tonight? I'm okay about it. <laughs> I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, yeah, it's cold outside. I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, yes, we noticed. Right. Yes, certainly have. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I kind of expected it with the changes that they're doing to the offense, and uh, you know, getting rid of thirty percent of the playbook. Let's just hope it's. When they said 30% of the playbook, I just immediately thought of Chad Morris's 30% install. So hopefully it's that that kind of stuff <laughs> that's in the playbook that they're getting rid of. Um, and, you know, the talk with Rocket Sanders being back, you know, Sam Pittman's a very honest guy, but when it comes to injuries, no coach is really totally honest. So, um, you know, what does back out there really mean? Is he going to play Saturday? Uh, is he just out there at practice, warming up, or what? So, um, you know, there's probably a few secrets that they'd like to keep and certainly can't blame him this week with so much on the line and, um, you know, kind of keep kind of shut everything out and, and keep it to yourselves uh, kind of week because this is uh, it's an important month for Arkansas and Sam Pittman. Well, you just kind of alluded to it. You said you don't know what it means, but are you shocked that Rocket Sanders is even back at practice? Yeah, I, I'm surprised based on, you know, just reading between the lines of how, um, you know, Sam Pittman spoke about the situation and, you know, Rocket being out and then, you know, there's talks of, you know, he missed an autograph signing and then he's in, you know, Texas rehabbing and, uh, you know, all that stuff. It just, it just sounded very much like, um, you know, he's out of the mix and uh, who could blame him really with the way Arkansas season has gone and, you know, his pro prospects on the line and wanting to get healthy and stuff. So, uh, you know, it'd be hard to blame him. So, um, yeah, surprising, I guess, would be accurate uh, that, that he would possibly be back out there. Again, you know, maybe he set this as a target date for him to get back out there after the bye week with Florida on the horizon, his home state. There's not a lot of Arkansas players from the state of Florida on this roster, uh, but he's certainly one of them and is a big piece, and maybe that's another motivating factor for him to get back out there. So we'll see. We'll see how much of an impact he could possibly make, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait. Are there others who have been sidelined? At practice. Others have been sidelined, Trey, expected back? Yeah. Yeah, I was a little surprised on, uh, you know, how he was talking about Dwight McLaughlin, um not playing against Mississippi State just because they, you know, he's not starting for him. Um, because I saw him, Mississippi State, going through warm-ups and taking contact. And if you've got concussion issues still, you may, you may dress out, but you don't go through contact. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, he's, he's ready to go. And then, you know, the way Pittman talked about him today, he, he could have played, and he was fine. He's just not starting. So it's not like the defense was playing poorly or anything. Um, they played exceptionally well without him. Uh, but uh, I was a little surprised to hear that. And, you know, uh, hopefully Devon Manuel has gotten to a point where he's they feel comfortable with, you know, putting him out there more because uh, he is a better option for them at offensive tackle. But he said both of those guys will play him and, and Chambly, uh, who I believe Chambly had a bit of a back against uh, – Mm-hmm. Against Mississippi, Mississippi State, State. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, I think those are pretty much the key injuries as far as you know anything outside of just bumps and bruises, which we know that 
you know, having the little time off they had, you know, should heal all that stuff. Not everything, but um, should make a lot of guys feel a lot better. Um, you know, so. Do you, do you think if Rocket does come back and play, could you, could you compare it to last year's basketball? Nick Smith, he went off and got rehab somewhere else, came back. Mm-hmm. But for Rocket's future, do you think it's important for him to show that he can come back and he's healthy and can play? Yeah, and maybe that's part of the the factor with it too. You know, when you're talking knee injuries and it's you know it's not it's not ACL, then you know usually it it seems like six weeks is kind of the number that you always hear pop up, and so that's uh, you know I'm I'm I'm, I know that when he went back out at practice and he missed. What's well, been so long ago? What was what was the first game he missed? Yeah, he missed like two. He missed. Well, the first game he missed was the Kent State game, right? Right, right. But when he came after he came back. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And then he yeah. missed some time. Um, right. I felt like he had tweaked his knee uh, the Tuesday of that week, and so you know, however long that's been since he's been back out there, it might be about, about the same amount of time as the first time he missed time. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay, well, Paul's got a question for you. So, Paul, welcome to Drive Time Sports. Yeah, thank you. I want to, I want to go off, Trey, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Uh, I'll see what you think about this. I'm I'm not so much upset at uh, Sam Pittman as I am uh, Hunter Juracek. You think about it. As this investor says, nobody gets fired for uh, buying IBM, talking about the traders. Well, what has Hunter Juracek done? This is what, and you follow me, regular season. He says that basically you couldn't find another coach except for Sam Pittman. I find that extremely hard to believe when they're paying $3 million a year. He may have looked out his window, talked to a few agents, and couldn't find anyone else. I'm not talking bad about Sam Pittman, because that's, that's who we've got. He's doing as good as he can. But... The first year he goes four and eight. Well, he's he inherited a train wreck. What do you expect? The very next year they go eight and four regular season. Okay, that means he's twelve and twelve. What does the athletic record do? Raise him to five million dollars a year. He says to lock him up so, so so nobody else can get him. First of all, Pittman's already said this is his last job. Second of all. Who was trying to get him? I don't understand that. Now, third year, six and six, but we're paying him $5 million a year. I've got a problem with the athletic director. I would like to see what you think about that. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm anywhere off, and I'm not bad enough in Pittman, but uh, I think... We're off a little. He's making, he's making 6.3, I believe, so you're off a little yeah. bit there. Sorry about that. that. That's all right. But I would say this. Is there anybody that in their wildest dreams can imagine that no coach is would be available at three million dollars a year when it when Pittman was hired? Doesn't make well, sense. Right. As far, as far as sitting head coaches, people that you know had jobs that people that Razorback fans would say this guy, you know, this guy is a up and comer, you know, young up and comer, big time coach, all this stuff. Um, it just wasn't happening, and I covered the coaching search. It's one of many I've covered, and it was, I mean, one guy after another. Like, Eli Drinkwitz turned down Arkansas to go to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, mm-hmm. he's he's from Alma. You know, it, it right. just was not happening. There were coaches that, um, you know, said they wouldn't touch the job with a 10-foot pole. Uh, you know, Arkansas yeah. was back-to-back two-win season. You know, Chad Morris is Jimmy Sexton guy, too, and really – the Arkansas job just completely destroyed Chad Morris's career. Now, I would say that was Chad Morris, not Arkansas. And but that's a problem that a lot of people conflated with the job is that Arkansas is a problem. Arkansas is a problem in the SEC. And yeah, they ran into a lot of issues. It came down to looking like Barry Lunny Jr. or Sam Pittman. And you know, they even interviewed Deion Sanders, but Deion Sanders was a little bit too far fetched at the time because he hadn't even been the coach at Jackson State yet. He had no head coaching experience. But it was an issue. Now, if you want to talk about Hunter Yurachek and being able to hire, he did go out and hire Eric Musselman, who is viewed as a right. you know, a hot 
you know, prospect as a coach. And, you know, it's hired well in other jobs. But I'm just telling you, throughout this coaching search, Lane Kiffin, drop, Lane Kiffin drops off. You know, it was just one guy after another. And so when it came down to Sam Pittman, um, you know, that he was viewed as a guy who was a cultural fit, who really desperately wanted the job. And $3 million isn't like a high-stakes uh, coaching hire this day, this day and age. You know, at six million, six point three, Sam Pittman is twenty fourth uh, in the country in terms of uh, his salary. Um, now, what you run into with year two under Pittman, uh, you know, he was coming off a nine win season, which, by the way, is the best season that Arkansas has had in ten years. Um, you know, with with several other coaches, so. When you hit year two, this is just the way college football works. I'm not saying it's right, but when you hit year two, you either get fired or extended. You either get hired or excuse me, uh, fired or extended, and that's the way it is, just period, throughout college. Well, that goes. And uh, so that's not so much like a hundred year check saying I got to go out and protect this guy. It's, you know, we're going to pay this guy you know, fair market value and it's year two and you do it, you know, you always, you always, you always, you know, want to have like four years on your, your coach's salary. So when, when you get to like, I mean, in theory, after this year, he'll be fired or extended in theory. But, you know, we run into that, um, People objecting to that, you know, we ran into it under Bielema. Uh, we ran into it when Nutt would get those deals. But that's just kind of the nature of the beast in college football. Um, Sam Pittman's not even close to one of the highest-paid coaches in the SEC. At six oh, no, point, I know it sounds like a lot it is. That goes back to what I was saying about they're all doing the same thing. And look at where it's got them. Yeah, well, the no, they're, they're doing the same thing. They're, they're out of control everywhere. They are. It, it's, it's out of it's control. Out of control. Yeah. These coaches are two million dollar budget. Yeah, these coaches are celebrities. Yeah, these coaches yeah, are celebrities. They are. They're movie stars, and movie stars make millions and millions of dollars. That's just how society is now. Uh, I can remember. Yeah. I can remember when Nick Saban was the first two million dollar coach. I remember Houston Nutt. You know when he made I think a million dollars finally, and that was a huge deal. Uh, but the times have changed. Games are have gone from two and a half hours long to three and a half hours long because of commercials to pay for all this kind of stuff. You know, everything has increased in price. But you have to think about. You can't just think about it like six million dollars. That's ridiculous. You have to, you know, put it in relative terms to, you know, what else is going on in college football. But just to answer your questions, yeah, I, I did cover the coaching search, and I mean, it felt like they were running into one wall after another. And Jimmy Sexton's the guy pulling the strings. Who again? Is uh, you know represented Chad Morris. I don't know if he does now, but he did. Um, oh yeah, and he's the guy pulling the strings behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, that was well. That's know. my point exactly. Uh, Hunter Yurichek looked out there and he called Jimmy Sexton and a few other agents instead of looking himself because we've got to hire somebody today. And uh, oh well, I, I was, and I, it sounds like I'm talking. Well, about it was a long coaching search. I mean. I remember when Lane Kiffin, when the tide turned with Lane Kiffin, um, I thought I could get out for a Christmas party. And, I mean, that just tells you how deep into the coaching search we were. (laughs) But I thought I I could get out for a Christmas party and, uh, you know, had to leave uh, because of that. But it was, uh, was, that was a long coaching search. It really was. And uh, it produced Sam Pittman, who, again, at the time, there was a moment where – Sam Pittman was going to change the way that people hired coaches. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. What a cultural yeah. fit Sam yes. Pittman yeah. was. Yeah. And no, right. maybe you don't need to go out and get a, a hotshot yeah. offensive yep. coordinator. Maybe you should go out and get a line coach who you know has managed 20 players, who manages more players than anybody else. Maybe that's the secret sauce to hiring a coach. And um, you know, again, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I can remember after the Texas game. When Arkansas won, everybody stormed the field and stuff. And I remember thinking about Scott Frost at Nebraska, big-time home run hire, you know, the big splash hire in college football, and didn't work out. Brett Bielema, for people who may not remember, 
he was viewed as the biggest hire in college football that year. Yeah. Like wow. every every ranking, every list you saw, it was Brett Bielema, not Gus Malzahn. Brett Bielema was the top guy and obviously didn't work out. So you you just never know <laughs> when when things, you know, work out and when they don't and you know, sometimes there's a lot of other factors. Sometimes it's having a hot shot quarterback. You have a great quarterback and that can, you know, turn your career around. Um, there's all kinds of factors like that. So, um, you know, there's a lot with Sam Pittman. This is a big month for him, and I don't think I'm breaking any news with that. And, you know, the questions I think among fans are, how many games does Arkansas need to win if Sam Pittman's to be retained or fired? Is it? I don't think it's one game. <laughs> you know, I don't think three and nine is going to keep him here. Um, is it two? How do they lose the other two games? Are they are they close? Is it three? I think three. Maybe you're talking a lot more realistic. Four, I think definitely. But you know, um, there's a lot of questions. I think about what is the number that Arkansas needs to get to. And I've said this, you know, for a couple weeks now. No matter how you feel about it right now, you can't replicate how you're going to feel about it when you're in it. Whether it's losses or wins, you just can't. You can't. It's hard to put yourself in that in that situation, and you know I think about also like what are the there's plenty of reasons to fire Sam Pittman, and they're all very tangible based on you know how this season has gone. Now what's the what's the what are the reasons to keep him? Well, some of those are you know more intangible. They're they're more hypothetical. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I look at the recruiting class. It's a really strong recruiting class, especially at the top. I look at the potential for the defense. We've gone over the opportunity for all those guys to come back. Sam Pittman's fired. I mean, Rick, you've been doing this longer. Ray, you guys have been doing this longer than I have. But as far back as I can remember, it feels like every coach holds on to one, maybe two coaches from the previous staff. I've never seen a coordinator held over, though. No, Have you guys? No, I don't, I don't no, think that's ever happened. That no. So that's almost certainly going to be, you know, Travis Williams, Marcus Woodson, Deke Adams, Darren Wilson, they'll all be gone. Um, so you finally got the defense in order, and you messed up, you know, really. You, you made the wrong coordinator hire, and, you know, Dan Enos was fired uh, justifiably. This was the worst offensive performance that Arkansas has had, in my opinion, um, you know, when you factor the quality of opponent, I'm not talking about, you know, Georgia and Alabama at their peaks, but when you factor in the quality of opponent, this is the worst one in Fayetteville since. When do you guys think? Citadel. Yes, think. Citadel. Worst offensive yeah. performance since the Citadel yeah. in Fayetteville. There have been some low-scoring low ones, but that's There have. The they lost yeah. to Memphis 6-0. Yeah. That was in Little Rock, though. Yeah. Um, Auburn 9-7. You know, yeah. They lost to... You know, South Carolina, fifty-two to seven, or something yeah, like that in right. Fayetteville. But that was a ten-win South Carolina team. This is a, That's right. you know, this was a, a Mississippi State team that was winless in the SEC when Arkansas but, faced them. So, when Trey, okay, you have to go I'm, back thirty. I'm going to stop you there, Trey, because we're going to yeah. have to play twenty questions to get all these people in. So, uh, okay, <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to talk about Sam Pippen. Let's go to Rick in East Arkansas. You're on. Hey, it's good to talk to y'all today. I, I know everything is kind of negative. And, uh, hey, can you hear me? We can hear you, Rick, and we're going to ask you to ask your question quickly because I've got several live fan feedback oh, questions I, I, for Jeff. So, so you you go hey, right ahead. Go right ahead. It's better than Morris. I've been watching the Hawks since 1969. Yeah. Pittman is better than Morris. Give him another year, please. Well, it's going to be a good year. Let's not just say, like, this guy's better than Chad Morris, so keep him. (laughs) That can't be the standard. That cannot be the standard. Chad Morris and Otis Douglas are the two worst ever in Arkansas history. And I never have a losing record for I went to be a principal at Bryant. And, uh, hey, Sam Pittman is better than Morris. Okay, well, Rick, we got, we got, we got, that's not to we debate. Got, we got your vote for Chad, for, he's better than Chad Morris. Let's go to, <laughs> let's go to Elsie in Sherwood. Hi, Elsie. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. You know, a couple of years ago when we went nine and four, Sam was hanging by his fingernails on a couple of those games. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could have gone either way. And, but to put any hate on Hunter right now, I mean, he is yeah. not the problem. I mean, he is giving everything right now for Sam to do what he can to hang on. 
Totally and agree. I just think that, you know, the last guy was way off base. But love you, Trey. Thank you, man. Okay, thanks for calling. Okay, here's some questions for you, Trey. Okay. Uh, first of all, now we're going to change subject totally here. Uh, because this is from Casey, who says, please ask Trey what you think about the absolutely loaded basketball team. Loved it. Loved the game. I mean, I, I it was I loved the ending, everything about it. And I don't even know where to start with who should start. I mean, you could go so many different directions, but man, I mean, Caleb Battle or Devo Davis, and you know, love seeing Layden Blocker. I thought he looked great. L. Ellis, Tremont Market in that big shot. Jeremiah mm-hmm. Davenport. How about Brazil? Chandler Lawson? I mean, Travel Brazil, Travon Brazil, Travon Brazil, and Mackay Mitchell didn't have a great game. Neither did Devo, but you know, you know, they will. You know how strong Devo is, a lockdown defender. But man, they they were better. Like Purdue's got you know basically their team back from last year, and Arkansas is building. At, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year, and it's a great schedule. And Arkansas has got the team to play it. So, very excited about basketball. Okay, Piggy Small says, if someone had told you before the year that Rocket Sanders would have less than 100 yards rushing two-thirds in the season, what would you have said? I would say he must have got injured in the first game. Okay, very good. All right, here's from uh, Marty. <laughs> from, out for the year. <laughs> here's Marty from St. Simons Island. So, Trey, you were talking about uh, why was Arkansas so hard, hard to hire for? Yeah. Well, it was it was the situation. Like I think a lot of people viewed the Arkansas job as the problem, and not Chad Morris or Brett Bielema, and kind of viewed it as what I was hearing was Arkansas is the place where coaches go to die. That was kind of the narrative that we were hearing throughout college football, and I think a lot of it because of Arkansas's proximity to talent, because everything else is there. It's just they're right not they're not right next to Dallas and right not right next to Atlanta. And, but transfer portal NIL, that can change everything for Arkansas. Way to go, Trey. You answered several. We still had more. We'll right. be back on Drive Time Sports. Thanks, Trey. Fence Brokers presents Razorback Graffiti every Monday morning. Call Morning Mayhem and let them know how you feel about how they did. One sentence and one sentence only. Hi, neighbor. It's Garen with Shamrock Roofing. Fall is upon us. Don't go into the cold, wet winter months wondering if your roof will hold up till spring. Get peace of mind now. Visit shamrockroofer.com for a chance to win a new roof, free. Southern Four Coating presents the Zone Rewind. Tune in Fridays when Justin and Wes discuss their best moments, sound bites, and interviews of the week. Ready to transform your patio, porch, or pool deck? Call the pros at Southern Four Coating. Find them online at southernfourcoating.com. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer has five service trucks available, providing you on-site service to get you back on the road. If that doesn't do it, Stacked has a new state-of-the-art 13-bay shop for service and repair on all Class A trucks. Trailers, RVs, light and medium-duty commercial vehicles, tires, brakes, AC, engine repair, transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. Stacked commercial truck and trailer repair. Get stacked two miles off 530 exit 34 in Whitehall. Here's another remarkable success story from QC Kinetics. This one from Chad, who hurt his knee at the gym one day, and it just kept on hurting for months. From my high school football and wrestling days, I already had a little bit of damage in there, but this just sent it over the edge. Chad tried traditional treatments with no improvement. When he turned to the non-surgical regenerative treatments at QC Kinetics. It was really fascinating how they did their work, and the science behind it was very intriguing, and it works. Extracting the cure out of my own body blew my mind. It's like I'm brand new again. It was fantastic. That's because the QC Kinetics natural biologic treatments use your body's own healing power to restore damaged tissue in your hips, shoulders, back, and knees, providing long-lasting relief. Now I'm back at the gym. I'm 100% feeling great. If you're tired of suffering with pain from arthritis or injury, call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. David Dunn here with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. We're the area's largest and highest rated independent diesel repair facility for all makes and models, from transmissions and brakes to suspensions and engine repair. If you're tired of high dealership prices and long wait times, come see what family-owned and locally operated really means. Expert technicians and the latest computer diagnostics will get your equipment back on the road fast. 
Take the England exit on I-440 to Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer, 568-2185. That's Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Willie D's Rock and Roll Piano Bar open every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Cold drinks and dueling pianos, deep nightclub downstairs hosts karaoke on Tuesdays, and DJs spin on Friday and Saturday nights. Visit WillieD'sPianoBar.com. This year, elevate your style in a Cadillac. Go from bold to bolder in a stunning Escalade. From inspiring to awe-inspiring in a sophisticated CT4 or CT5. From credible to incredible in a dynamic XT4. Visit your Central Arkansas Cadillac dealers. Great friend and great supporter of the Buzz First Security Bank. As Arkansas's community bank, First Security helps people make life better for themselves and for other Arkansans. They focus on helping make our community stronger. Every dollar that stays in the community helps the community through things like new homes and businesses so other people can have better lives. The financial professionals at First Security are big fans of Arkansas, and that's because they're Arkansas-owned and Arkansas-focused. They take care of communities just like they take care of customers. Check them out at fsbank.com and get ready to bank better at First Security. Remember, FDIC, equal housing lender, only in Arkansas. That's First Security Bank. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios, you feed your crave for sports by listening to Drive Time Sports. Much like you feed your crave at any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations. You've got Drive Time Sports locked in on the Buzz Radio Network. Here is Randy Rainwater. Well, not today. Randy Rainwater's out today. He'll be back with us tomorrow. It's Ray Tucker in Central Arkansas. I'm Rick Schaefer. And I think we asked Trey most of the questions that we got on our Asher Wrecker Service Company live fan feedback. Um, Let's see. Okay. So we have a few more here, Ray, that I'll ask these comments. It says, uh, from Neil, please stop talking about Arkansas football. Well, we talk about Arkansas football just about every day of the year. The more you talk about Sanders quitting and coming back, he is coming back, and Jefferson laying down and losing, we have not, we haven't talked about Nobody that. Nobody said that because he didn't like a coach. People get more sick. So we're sorry, Neil, that we've made you sick with that. Okay, here's Marianne, your friend Marianne. You have a mutual friend, Ray, with Marianne. He says, "My son is good friends with Paul Lovelady." Okay. He talks highly of you. How about that? Paul's a nice young man. Just recently got married. Well, very, very good. Let me say this about when we're talking about Pittman's contract and coaches yeah. getting these extensions. Yeah. If you're you're a head coach and you got two years left on your contract, you're considered a lame duck coach. That's right. And yeah. they use it against you in recruiting, and that's why these guys continue to extend contracts. Right. Now, to Hunter Urichek's credit, and you many. Razorback fans have read this. What Pittman gets paid depends on what his record was in like the three years previous to um, when they fire him. So if he is 500 or better, they have to pay him the full salary. If he's below 500, they pay him half. So the payout right now, if they fired him at the end of the year, would be about $25 million. If Arkansas wins one more game, then he's over 500 during that period, three-year period. If they lost them all, they'd be under, and the pay the payoff would be 12 and a half million. So that uh, Hunter Urichek, you know, because I remember the day he was hired, you know, he talked about how these buyouts are way too expensive, and so uh, that is the deal on that contract anyway. Okay, let's see, Farrell Hogg says, and I don't know that I'd believe this, but it, we, this is from our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. Sounds like Pittman either threw the towel in. I don't think he's said no, that. He's no, done that. Or Juracek told him he's done after this year. I don't think that's happened. He's going to keep the wheels from falling off this season, then he'll turn in his resignation at the end. 
No coach in his right mind resigns when no. he wants to keep coaching. Juracek <laughs> no. uh, is already putting feelers out. doesn't matter if Hogs win out or not. Now, I will say this, and I've said it before on the program. Frank Broyles always had in mind who his next mm-hmm. coach would be. He may never make that call. May never have to. But he always had it in mind in case the coach did leave or he had to fire him. So Hunter Juracek would not be doing his job if he wasn't um, at least thinking about, I don't know about putting feelers out, but at least thinking about who the next coach would be. I, I do think, even as Trey Biddy was talking about the coaching search, I don't know who the coaches were at Middle Tennessee State or Murray State or Boise State at that point. Those type of coaches you could he probably could have got. To get the Lane Kiffins... Or those type he he couldn't get, and, uh, and and so there'll be some young rising coaches out there the next time Arkansas is looking for a head coach. And I hope not soon, but if they are, there'll be somebody out there that he'll be able to find. Okay, this one's for both of us, and this is from Jack, and Jack asks Rick Ray, why doesn't the Razorback football program recruit all the towns and cities in Arkansas? Like Frank Broyles' last two recruiting classes turned out to be pretty good. You have thoughts on that? Well, <clears throat> let me say this about every every high school team in this state uh, has a quarterback that everybody in town thinks he's Division One. <laughs> yeah. Every team has a running back they thinks Division One. And guess what? And the coaches evaluate talent. And if they were good enough, they'd be after them. There, there are a few that slip through the cracks, but that, but that's the way that this system works. Uh, high school football is big in our state, uh, and there are guys that sometimes I scratch my head and try to figure out why Arkansas is not recruiting them. I can get your take now. Well, I, I, yes, I, I th- here here are two differences. One. With Broyles in that time, there were more scholarships. You could recruit more players. I think even when Coach Broyles finished as head coach, you could still give 120 scholarships. That that went down to 95, then to 85. And so you could recruit more kids. So therefore, you could go, and in in I'm sure there was a limit. I think it was 35. So let's say you could go sign... 15 or 20 out of Arkansas and still go get others out of Texas or Oklahoma or surrounding states. Louisiana, they recruited very well. So you had more scholarships to offer. Uh, That meant also, and you also had them for four years. Players weren't transferring out. So you could go to um, some of the smaller towns in Arkansas or say if they play 3A or 4A football and there's an offensive lineman with great size, you could sign him whether he was ready to play or not, figuring that by the time he was a fourth-year junior, because you'd redshirt him, he'd be ready to start. And they, they, if you miss on him, it's no big deal because you got plenty of scholarships. And if you hit on him, uh, because if you look at Broyles' best teams, very few linemen, Lloyd Phillips was an exception, and there were a few others, played before their junior years. And so uh, Lloyd Phillips played defense, and he, of course, was an Outland winner. He was fantastic, two-time All-America, but there weren't many like that. So, And that was the same with all the major programs, Nebraska, Texas, everywhere else. You, you weren't playing. Freshmen weren't eligible until 1972, and you didn't play a lot of sophomores. You redshirted a lot of them. John Brittenham, for gosh sakes, redshirted. <laughs> you think how good he was in 65 and 66. He redshirted in 1964. So I think that's a big part of it and now. And, and back in those days, Rick, uh, there were no nutrition systems like they've got now. There were no weight rooms like they've got now where right. guys could bump themselves up. I mean, Right. Hey, there were weight uh, rooms, starting but tackles not like, 220, not like I mean, this, that was a big, yeah. big guy. Right. So that's the other thing. So now, you, of course, now you get 25, but you get unlimited out of the, out of the transfer portal. And so you, now you're managing 85 scholarships. And so let's say you have immediate needs. You don't have time to develop a three-star offensive lineman from West Memphis. And so you've got immediate needs like this offensive line. You know, they've got some good young linemen, but they're not ready to play. You know, Andrew Chambly has had to play before his time as a redshirt freshman. Alabama's starting a redshirt freshman at tackle, and 
you know, even Arkansas uh, dominated that player. So uh, you don't have the time to you don't have the time to let them develop that you had back then. So you're saying, okay, we can go get a uh, three-star offensive lineman out of Fort Smith Northside, or we can get a guy that started three years at Tulane, and he's looking for another place to play. Who are you going to get? You're going to get the guys to play. That's that's how Eric Musselman's program is being built right now. Is yeah, uh, sign a couple fresh. Last year was an exception. You had three five-star uh, players, but for the most part, it's like okay, uh, sign a couple freshmen, but bring in five transfers who have all played. As we said earlier in the program, somebody pointed out the average age is probably 22 and a half. Bring those guys in, and they're ready to play. Well, it's the same thing in football. If you can bring in somebody experienced, that's what you do. Well, the philosophy now is let's win now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're not looking to build a program. We're not looking to take a freshman and, and bring him along slowly. Uh, if he can play, he can play. If not, some guy's 23 years old going to beat him out. 1976, Arkansas's offensive line had four players that played in the NFL. Four of them. Three of them were seniors in 76. Leotis Harris was a junior. But you go back and you look at uh, R.C. Tillman, uh, Greg Cook, and Gerald Skinner. All of them were terrific players. They started for the Cotton Bowl Championship team of 1975. By midseason, they were also starting in 1973 when they were true freshmen because Arkansas was not any good in the offensive line. Well, guess what happened in 1973? They weren't very good. Guess what happened in 1974? They weren't very good. But they played, and in 1975, they were real good. And in 1976... Obviously, Ron Calcagney got hurt. Things didn't go well uh, after midseason uh, in 76 when, you know, to his credit, Houston Nutt was only a freshman when he started. Tom Reistrom was a freshman when he started at quarterback. Calcagney was seasoned. They lost him. But the offensive line was still good. And those, those three guys, Leotis Harris started as a junior, they all went on to the NFL and played for a long, long time. You can't and, do that now. And two of, two of the four were Arkansans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. But you, you can't do that anymore. You know why? Because if you go, five, back then it was 5-5-1, five, five and one, but in today's game, if you go 5-7 and seven, or even 6-6 six and six, two or three years in a row, you're not the coach anymore. Well, Coach Burles had that luxury. He knew he wasn't going to get fired because he was also the athletic director. And, <laughs> and I think he also had a target date. He wanted to retire when he was 50 years old. He retired when he was 51 from coaching, stayed as athletic director. So he had that target date in mind. So anyway, we're giving you a long answer to a short question, <laughs> but it's just not the same uh, in recruiting the state of Arkansas like it was then. Now, do I think they miss on some? Yes. Only time will tell if they have missed on Drake Lindsay. But the guy... This past week, his team only won 35-7. to Gee whiz, isn't that something? He only threw three touchdown passes, which broke a streak of, I think, every other game this year he's thrown at least five and sometimes six. Arkansas didn't even talk to him. Why is that? I don't know. Haven't asked anybody. Nobody owes me any explanation anyway. Uh, they probably owe the Lindsay family an explanation. I don't know if they've given them the morning or not. No, but that's Jim's grandson, right? That's Jim's grandson. And uh, Lindy's nephew, John David's son, John David played a little bit, was a walk-on at Arkansas. Lindy, of course, was a great tight end at Arkansas, and Jim was a fabulous player at Arkansas. And they have given a lot of money to the University of Arkansas. Uh, a so, lot of money. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But to uh, Jack's point to about uh, if to Jack's no to Jack's point about recruiting our state of Arkansas, there's one. We'll find out if they missed on him because he's going to Minnesota. So we'll find we'll find it'll be a couple or three years before we'll know if Arkansas missed on him. Now let's hope that the quarterbacks that are still here after KJ Jefferson is gone make us forget about this because they're so good. We'll be back. Presented by Natural State Wholesale Flooring. See everything that Natural State Wholesale has to offer at naturalstatewholesale.com. Hello, folks. It's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Dodge Store here in Sherwood. For the past few months, we've been asking you to give us a chance to buy your cars. And the response has been great. We really appreciate all of you who brought your cars in and turned it into cash. 
We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Folks, we're still buying cars every day. So look around and see what you or your family has in the garage that you want to turn into cash. It's really easy, folks. Just come into Fletcher Dodge and ask for Chris or Andy. We'll buy any vehicle and we'll pay you more than anyone. We can't find enough vehicles at the auto auctions to meet the demand. So we're extending you this offer to the public. We'll pay you more, so don't wait. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Come see us today for the best cash offer on your car, truck, van, or SUV. Just ask for Chris or Andy. We'll pay you more, so come see us at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood. Thanks. When it comes to tailgating this football season, Edwards Food Giant is your MVP when it comes to a hassle-free tailgate party. Pulled pork smoked to perfection, along with an ultimate lineup of sides and essentials that'll make your taste buds cheer and your tailgate setup a breeze. The Edwards team also features even more delicious meats like chicken, brisket, ribs, and smoked sausage, all straight from their own smokehouse. And it can all be found by clicking edwardsfoodgiant.com or by visiting your local Edwards Food Giant store. Edwards Food Giant is your MVP. edwardsfoodgiant.com I have got some news for you to make your October shine. The Carpet Barn's flooring extravaganza sale is lighting up the entire month. Jaw-dropping prices on all flooring. Now, here's the real deal. The Carpet Barn doesn't play tricks. No inflated prices, hidden fees, or tax surprises. Our loyal customers have made us proud, secured incredible discounts from manufacturers, and we're passing them on to you. It's a store-wide bonanza, and you can take your dream flooring home today. This sale runs through October 31st. The Carpet Barn in Conway and North Little Rock. Fort Thompson's in Sherwood. Savage. Access to camo rifle with Bushnell Banner Scope. $399.90. Regularly $469.90. Ruger American Predator. 6.5 Creedmoor on sale for $429.90. Regularly $479.90. Visit ftthompson.com. <laughs> Are you a fan or are you the ultimate fan? Play the Elon DK Ultimate Sports Fan Packet Sweepstakes for a chance to prove you're the world's greatest armchair quarterback. All from the comfort of your own home theater. Visit an Elon DK near you to enter for a chance to build your own home theater with a $5,000 Best Buy gift card plus a YouTube TV gift card. Your ticket to streaming your favorite games this season. Visit an Elon or DK today and score big. No purchase necessary. 18 or older message and data rates may apply. For official rules, eligibility, terms and conditions, and privacy policy, visit myelon.com slash ultimate sports fan sweeps. 1037 The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback football coverage each week. And it's brought to you by Kaufman by Design West, Guadney Chevrolet, Guadney Buick GMC, Rainwater Holton Sexton, P.I. Roofing, Renai America, and Red River Ford. 1037 The Buzz. The Hogs play here. Looking for a great place to work? How about going to DoubleBees.com and apply online? I mean, it is a great place to work. Each and every morning, start my day off right. I had the double B's because I want the bean-to-cup coffee. And what that is, it is a selected roast that I can grind and then produce a hot and fresh cup of my Renoco coffee. I can also check out the Renoco cappuccino. And the great thing about double B's, they've always got those monthly specials in a hurry. You can always pay at the pump with your Exxon or Phillips 66 mobile apps at all stores. Be sure and sign up and pay with your Exxon credit card, and you'll get $0.10 off a gallon at the pump. It is at Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. Make it Double B's. Now, back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. The number one sports radio show in Arkansas. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. We certainly have time for your calls. 501-661-1037. Pat Bradley will be with us at 605. So if you're holding off your basketball questions until Pat comes, that is perfectly fine. I'm sure he will be happy to answer those questions. Okay, so, Ray, you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. Are they driving you nuts? They look great one week and awful the next. You, you want to talk about that? What about the 49ers? Three weeks ago, they were unbeatable. Yeah. More uh, Dallas out. Now they've lost three in a row. Yeah, the last team they beat was the Cowboys. How does that make you feel? Yeah, if you're wagering, if you're wagering on NFL football, you're a lot better than I am. Well, well, how about the Denver Broncos? The Denver Broncos... 
gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. Now, they did come back and win the next week. But then, how in the world did they beat the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday and they made Patrick Mahomes look ordinary, which is very hard to do? Well, it was 19 degrees in Denver, and I know Kansas City's used to play in cold weather. Uh, you, you have good days, you have bad days, and Kansas City had a bad one. 19 degrees, I didn't realize that. I knew it was cold, so I, I don't know if that's you. I watched a little bit of the Kansas-Oklahoma game, and I know it was cold there. I'm told, uh, I was told yesterday it was in the 20s. I have to tell you, uh, Oklahoma, let's see, Oklahoma was ahead 33-32. to 32. Kansas was driving, but threw an interception with about, I don't know, 240, 250 to go in the game. I thought it was over. I turned it off. I didn't. But I told And I told my, my wife, said, how did Oklahoma do today? Because her brother's a big Oklahoma fan, lives in Oklahoma City. And I said, well, uh, boy, Kansas almost upset them, but I think they, I think they held on. Well, I guess, did, o- did Oklahoma turn the ball over? Is that how Kansas got it back? Uh, no, they just... Gave it up on downs. Gave it up on downs. Mm-hmm. So Kansas came down and scored. And I did see the highlight of this, and it seemed like the announcers were asking, did Oklahoma let Kansas score on purpose? Do you think they did? It was a nine-yard run. Only one guy even got a hand on him, even touched him. 59 seconds to go when Kansas scored. Oklahoma was out of timeouts. So they had to be thinking, hey, Kansas, all they have to do is kneel, uh, or just hand the ball Kansas, off Kansas and then kick a field goal to win. Kansas was out of timeout. Oh, was Oklahoma not out of timeouts? I, I don't. Maybe they were. Because they, yeah, I think they were. Because that that was the point was they were saying that they let Kansas score to give them 59 seconds to at least have a chance. And then uh, didn't they get to Kansas as like 25 yard line or something after Kansas scored? I think they did. You know what was crazy about the game was it. They had a like fifty-eight minute weather delay because of lightning and rain. Yeah, and they had a, a crowd packed house at, at Lawrence, and place was going crazy. And when they come back after the, the weather delay, the stadium was half full. Yeah, and I you, saw the end zone was yeah, nearly empty. And, yeah. and you, you think, wow, that the advantage goes to OU. Uh, but uh, Kansas got a quarterback. I want to say his last name's Dean. This is by is the number two guy. Yeah, he's the number, starter he's got number hurt. two guy. He yeah. finished third in the 100-meter in high school in Texas. He's lightning, uh, lightning fast. But yeah. when they went down and scored, uh, they made it look easy. Uh, they ran a down-and-out pattern, and the guy was wide open, 20 yards down the field. I'm like, yeah. how does that happen? And it happened yeah. two or three times. Isn't that amazing? And, and so Oklahoma's no longer undefeated. But think about this. Where, and we said this before the season started. It really hadn't happened that much. It's happened some in the Pac-12. When With these teams leaving... With Texas and Oklahoma leaving, you know they're getting everybody's best shot. Everybody's best shot. And so uh, Oklahoma's the only team that's beaten Texas, so I don't know if somebody will give Texas a big enough shot to, to beat them before it's over. But think about Kansas had not beaten Oklahoma since, I think, 1997. It, it was 97 or 98. And it's the last time they're going to play them. That's it. This is it. They tore the goal so, post down? Yeah. Do it in a lake last- somewhere? Yeah, last time they're going to play them, the fans that were left came down, tore the goalposts down, flooded the field, and all that kind of stuff. But think about how Kansas is going to feel because their football's been down. They were they were pretty good last year. They started off well, faded, and then Arkansas beat them in the uh, Liberty Bowl. But but think about how those fans at Kansas are going to feel. They won the last game against Oklahoma. I can remember the 19. We're going way back here, but 1991 when Arkansas was leaving the Southwest, leaving the Southwest Conference, and they were playing. Now they've played Texas a couple times since now, but it was. It looked like it'd be the last time Arkansas ever played Texas in Little Rock. Arkansas won the game. Fans wouldn't leave. They stayed in the stands. You know, this was Jack Crow's second year. Uh, the first year was awful. The second year was decent, not great, but Jason Allen was a quarterback, and until he got hurt, Arkansas was leading the conference in its last year in the conference. But I can remember the fans would not leave. So Jack came back out. Players came back out. They're they're cheering and all that, and they didn't come tear the goalpost down. But it was such a big deal that that was the rivalry, and Arkansas beat Texas in what looked like the last time they were ever going to play. So I can relate to those Kansas fans 
they're probably thinking that that's one of the greatest days in their football history, particularly when it looked like they were beat, even though they'd scored 32 points, but then they came back and got the touchdown and won the game. You know, it's, it, it's not one of those deals like when they say, well, Arkansas hadn't beaten so-and-so in 15 years because they only play once every blue moon. Yeah. And these guys, these guys play, play, every year. play every year. Yeah. And so, hey, they got their, they got their money's worth. That's for darn sure. You know, I was watching. Um, I'm going to say Georgia Auburn a couple of weeks ago, and in the open, the announcer said uh, some of the greatest games in Auburn history have been played there at Jordan Hare Stadium, and one of them they said was punt, Bama punt, which well, I'm going like that, that was is, in Birmingham. That was in Birmingham. I was there at Legion Field in '72. Uh, it, it, uh, well, we got what do we? We got just a couple minutes from break. It, it was a crazy game in the fact that going in, the final play of the third quarter, Auburn kicked a field goal and made it 17-3, and they had like minus 30 yards total offense before that. Hmm. Fourth quarter, Auburn blocked n- not one but two mm-hmm. field goals. Punts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Punts. Uh, punts. Excuse me. Blocked yeah. two, two punts. The same guy blocked it. The same guy caught it on the bounce and ran it in. Yep, seventeen to sixteen. That was a famous one. You're right. They did bumper stickers that said "Pump and a they pump painted, Bama Pump." I lived in Birmingham at the time. They painted their cars. They didn't leave the stadium for like two hours after it was over with. Uh, you could you could take a magic marker and go right down the middle of each end zone, <laughs> red and white on one side, blue and orange on the other. And, yeah. and there's hatred in that rivalry. I can tell you that. Yes, there is. Okay. By the way, we got uh, this was quite some time ago because you were asking. About rain in Stuttgart, and uh, Wynn sent you a note that says the internet says one inch in Stuttgart over the three weekend three day weekend, but they got four inches in Maumelle, and also on our uh, Ashley Record Service Company live fan feedback, Miss Sue had uh, let us know because we were talking about the uh, fundraising charity games that Tennessee beat Michigan State at Michigan State. And Illinois beat Kansas at home. And so I don't know if both those games combined or just one of them said they raised over a million dollars for uh, t- to benefit the victims of the uh, Hawaii wildfires, which is really good. I, both games were on the Big Ten Network. I, I'm not sure. I, I've seen a couple of things that were benefited from uh, the Arkansas game against Purdue, one of which I think was uh, still for some of the tornado damage that had been done in central Arkansas. So I hope that's correct. Uh, I want to throw this out real quick. Earl Texas to us. I'd ask him about rain with the duck hunters. They said their farm is north of Slovak. They got four inches south of Stuttgart, about an inch in between the airport and a half an inch. Okay. Well, we've got an hour left to drive time sports, and we're going to spend it with Pat Bradley and with you if you call us at 501-661-1037 when we return on Drive Time Sports. Once a year, Saracen gives away a coveted BMW to one lucky winner. This month is that special time, and you could be the winner of an amazing BMW X5 SUV from Saracen Casino and BMW of Little Rock. Play to win a top-of-the-line BMW SUV only at Saracen Casino Resort. Just a short 40 minutes away, Saracen Casino is Little Rock's closest place to play and win a BMW X5 SUV.